Good evening. I'm Anthony Robustelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, and this is the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. Each week I'll be playing stripped-down, deconstructed mixes of classic Beatles songs, highlighting different instruments and vocals in a way that will truly amaze you. Imagine sitting in the control room at EMI Studios and having the opportunity to peel away the layers of a song, discovering new elements that you never knew existed. This is the closest you can get to that experience. So sit back, tune in, and enjoy the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. I'll make you maybe next time On October 2nd, 2017, we lost yet another musician who has been a staple of classic rock radio for over 40 years. Tom Petty. Like so many other teenagers, Petty realized that he wanted to be in a band on February 9, 1964. He elaborated on this defining moment in a 2006 interview. The minute I saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show, and it's true of thousands of guys, there was the way out. There was the way to do it. You get your friends and you're a self-contained unit, and you make the music. And it looked like so much fun. It was something I identified with. I had never been hugely into sports. I had been a big fan of Elvis, but I really saw in the Beatles that here's something I could do. I knew I could do it. It wasn't long before there were groups springing up in garages all over the place. Three years later, Petty dropped out of high school to play bass with his newly formed band, The Epics. They changed their name to Mudcrutch in 1970, and future Heartbreakers guitarist Mike Campbell and keyboard player Ben Montench joined. At the time, Petty wasn't the lead vocalist. That position was Jim Lenahan's. But by 1972, Lenahan, who would become the Heartbreaker's lighting director, quit Mudcrutch, and Petty became the lead singer. He had begun writing more songs due to the fact that they needed more material for their gigs, and Lenahan figured since he was writing the material, he should sing the songs as well. They recorded a demo tape and drove to Los Angeles to try to get a record deal, and were offered a demo deal from Capitol Records and a single deal from MGM, both of which they passed on. London Records offered them an album deal, and they were about to sign when Denny Cordell from Shelter Records called. He asked the band to stop at the studio he owned with co-founder Leon Russell in Tulsa, Oklahoma, on their way to Los Angeles with hopes of signing them before they got to the West Coast. They played for Cordell, and he signed them on the spot, giving them $5,000 to get them to Hollywood, where they lived in houses rented by the label. They recorded a few songs, but only released one single, Depot Street, in 1975. But after it failed to chart, Cordell offered Petty a contract as a solo artist. Petty kept Campbell at his side, and they attempted to record with session musicians, but it didn't gel. Ben Montench had stayed in L.A. after Mudcrutch broke up and was recording some of his original songs as a leader with bassist Ron Blair and drummer Stan Lynch, also from Gainesville, Florida, currently living in L.A., and Campbell on guitar. Petty was called in to help Tench with his vocals and play harmonica, but as soon as Petty heard them play together, he hijacked the keyboard player's band and the Heartbreakers were born. They would record 13 albums during their 40-year career, while Petty would also record three solo albums, one with a reunited Mudcrutch, and two albums with Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison, Jeff Lynne, and George Harrison as the Traveling Wilburys. Throughout his post-Beatles career, Harrison's musical collaborators were often close friends as well, and that goes for Tom Petty. It's no wonder that Petty and fellow Traveling Wilbury Jeff Lynne inducted Harrison into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame posthumously in 2004. Tonight we're going to celebrate Petty's music, not only as the singer-songwriter who fronted the Heartbreakers, but also as a member of the Traveling Wilburys. We'll start with the band's third single from their eponymous debut album, 1977's American Girl. 
Their first two singles, Breakdown and Anything That's Rock and Roll, hadn't charted in the U.S., but Anything That's Rock and Roll peaked at number 36 in the U.K., where the group was finding surprising success. American Girl reached number 40 in the U.K., but didn't chart in the U.S., but in an ironic twist, the group's subsequent singles found a wider audience in the U.S. as their popularity in the U.K. dwindled. When Breakdown was re-released later that year, it reached number 40 in the U.S. and was the first of a string of hits in the States, but it didn't chart in the U.K., and the group wouldn't have another hit single in England until 1983's Don't Come Around Here No More. We'll follow with the A and B sides of the group's only single from their second album, 1978's You're Gonna Get It. The A side, I need to know, peaked at number 41, and its B side, Listen to Her Heart, reached number 59.
She's gonna listen to her heart It's gonna tell her what to do She might need a lot of loving But she don't need you Next up, three songs from Petty's debut solo album, 1989's multi-platinum Full Moon Fever. After finishing a Heartbreakers tour to support the album Let Me Up, I've Had Enough, Petty decided to record a solo album without the Heartbreakers, although guitarist Mike Campbell played on the majority of it. This did not sit well with the other members of the band, but all except drummer Stan Lynch contributed to the album. Benmont Tench and bassist Howie Epstein, who had replaced Ron Blair in 1982, initially were hesitant to play songs from the album live because they didn't feel like they were Heartbreaker songs. But Lynch was so upset by Petty's pursuit of a solo career that he would only play on one more Heartbreakers album, 1991's Into the Great Wide Open, and one more single from 1993's greatest hits compilation, Mary Jane's Last Dance. After working with the Traveling Wilburys in 1988, Petty and Mike Campbell, who had co-produced the last Heartbreakers album, recruited Wilbury Jeff Lynne to co-produce Full Moon Fever. The album was recorded mainly in Mike Campbell's garage studio, with Roy Orbison and George Harrison contributing to the album, and the atmosphere was so relaxed that they even took a break in order to record the first Wilburys album. We'll start with the first single from the LP, I Won't Back Down, which reached number 12 in the U.S. and topped the album Rock Tracks chart for five weeks. Petty recalled the session in an interview with Mojo Magazine. At the session, George Harrison sang and played the guitar. I had a terrible cold that day, and George went to the store and bought a ginger root boiled it, and had me stick my head in the pot to get the ginger steam to open up my sinuses. And then I ran in and did the take. The music video featured George Harrison and Jeff Lynne, as well as guitarist Mike Campbell playing Harrison's famous painted Stratocaster, Rocky, 
which was notably seen in the I Am the Walrus sequence from the Magical Mystery Tour television special. Ringo Starr also took part in the video playing drums on the song, although Phil Jones had actually played on the album. We'll follow with the second single, Running Down a Dream, written by Petty with Mike Campbell and Jeff Lynne. The song reached number 23 in the U.S., and the video, which was a mainstay on MTV, was directed by former Mudcrutch singer and Heartbreakers lighting director Jim Lenahan. The third single from Full Moon Fever was actually the first recorded, Free Fallin', and was Petty's longest charting single, peaking at number 7 in January of 1990. He and Lynn were trying to come up with a song, and Lynn led him to say Free Fallin', and the song came together from images of what Petty saw on his drives along Ventura Boulevard. It was written and recorded in two days. Well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. No, I stand my ground. Won't be turned around And I'll keep this world from dragging me down Gonna stand my ground And I won't back down Sun beat down. I had the radio on. 
I was driving Trees went by Me and Dale were singing A little runaway I was flying Yeah, running down a dream That never would come to me Working on a mystery Going wherever it leads Running down a dream I felt so good Like anything was possible Hit cruise control And rubbed my eyes The last three days And the rain was unstoppable It was always cold No sunshine Yeah, running down a dream That never would come to me Working on a mystery I'm going wherever it leads I'm running down a dream
she's a good girl Loves her mama, loves Jesus In America too She's a good girl She's crazy about Elvis Loves horses And her boyfriend too It's a long day Living in Reseda There's a freeway Running through the yard And I'm a bad boy Cause I don't even miss her I'm a bad boy For breaking her heart the vampires walking through the valley move west down Ventura Boulevard and all the bad boys are standing in the shadows and the good girls are home with broken hearts I'm
Tom Petty first met George Harrison through their mutual friend Bob Dylan. Dylan was playing the first Farm Aid show in 1985, and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers opened for Dylan and then served as his band. The show was so successful that they toured the world together and shared the cover of Rolling Stone. After a show in London, Harrison, Jeff Lynne, Roger McGuinn, and others showed up at Petty's hotel room with a birthday cake, and during the party, Lynne gave Petty a tape of Harrison's new album, Cloud Nine, which he had produced. Lynne began working with Petty on his next album. Harrison had asked Lynn for Petty's phone number, and Lynn and Petty were working with Roy Orbison on his song You Got It, so the stage was set for the formation of the Traveling Wilburys. When Harrison needed a B-side for his next single, Orbison accompanied Lynn to the session. Harrison had left his guitar at Petty's, so asked him to come along as well. Since it was a spur-of-the-moment session, they allegedly couldn't book a studio at such short notice, so they recorded at Dylan's studio. The song Handle With Care listed all five musicians as writers under the moniker The Traveling Wilburys. The record label thought that the song was too good to be a B-side, so a new supergroup was formed. The musicians had enjoyed working together so much on Handle With Care that they decided to begin working on a full album, Traveling Wilburys Volume 1. It was recorded in the home studio of Dave Stewart from Eurythmics over a 10-day period in May of 1988 and released on October 18th. The album was a critical and commercial success spawning a number of hit singles, and peaking at number three in the U.S. It went triple platinum, was nominated for several awards, and won the Grammy Award for Best Rock Performance by a Duo or Group in 1989. We're going to start this Wilbury set with the extended version of the first song recorded by the band, Handle With Care. It was the first single released and reached number 45 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, number two on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Tracks chart, and number 21 on the U.K. Singles chart. Petty recalled that the lyrics to the song were the result of a game held by Harrison during a barbecue outside his home studio. Each band member would shout out lines, and Harrison kept the ones he liked and jotted them down in a notebook. According to Petty, the line, Oh, the sweet smell of success, is his. Petty felt as if Harrison was a big brother, stating, We became very good friends for decades. I don't like to bring it up that much because the Beatles are so special that people might see it as boasting or something. But he actually became my friend, past being a Beatle to me. I think spirituality, probably, was the greatest gift he gave me. He gave me a way of understanding a higher power without it being stupid, or having tons of rules and books to read. But the best thing I can say to people that are curious about that is George was probably everything that you thought he was, and then some more. I was always asking Beatle questions, and probably annoyed him. But you know, he liked the Beatles too. He liked talking about it and remembering it.
Next up, a rough version of the only song on which Petty sang lead vocals from the Wilburys' debut album, Last Night. This is missing many of the overdubs, including horns and percussion, and features Petty on vocals throughout the song, although Roy Orbison would sing the bridges on the released version. We'll follow with the second single from their debut album, End of the Line. 
The released version features all of the Wilburys on lead vocals except for Bob Dylan, who was on tour at the time, with Harrison, Lynn, and Orbison trading choruses while Petty takes the verses. But the rough version we'll hear tonight features some very tentative vocals by Harrison on all of the choruses. The music video was filmed after Orbison's death in December of 1988, so to honor him, a shot of a guitar sitting in a rocking chair next to a photo of Orbison was used whenever his vocals were heard. We'll then hear a rough version of Petty's Cool Dry Place from the band's second album, The Traveling Wilburys Volume 3, followed by a Harrison outtake from the sessions for the first album entitled Maxine, counted off with vigor by Petty. She heard my guitar She was long and tall She was the queen of them all Last night Thinking about last night Last night Thinking about last night she was light on her feet We went up to her room And she lowered the room Last night Thinking about last night Last night Thinking about last night Down below, they danced and sang in the street While up above, the walls were steaming with heat Last night, thinking about last night Last night, thinking about last night in my brain I looked in her eyes They were full of surprise Last night Thinking about last night Last night Thinking about last night Asked her to marry me, she smiled and pulled out a knife The party's just beginning, she said, it's your money or your life Ah, last night, thinking about last night Last night, thinking about last night at the bar She went a little too far She done me wrong All I got is a song Last night Thinking about last night Last night Thinking about last night 
Call the lawyer and asked him what to do. 
going to close the show with a truly inspired version of Harrison's While My Guitar Gently Weeps, performed by Petty, Jeff Lynn, Danny Harrison, and Steve Winwood on Hammond B3 organ from Harrison's 2004 induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. While guitarist Mark Mann does a stellar job recreating Eric Clapton's soaring lead lines from the Beatles' 1968 version, Prince steals the show with an extended solo on the outro.
Well, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed this special tribute to Tom Petty on the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. I'm Anthony Robustelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, Volume 1, 1962-1963, and the Steely Dan FAQ, all that's left to know about this elusive band. You can pick up the books at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or any of your favorite booksellers. And you can also get a copy of my new CD, The Steely Dan Sessions, Interpretations of Unrealized Classics, at CD Baby, iTunes, Amazon, or stream it on Spotify. For signed copies of the books or the CD, you can check out the website, thebeatlesiwanttotellyou.com or anthonyrobustelli.com. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at ShadyBearBKLYN, and like the Facebook pages for I Want to Tell You and the Steely Dan FAQ. See you next time.